Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. Two and a half minutes left in the first period at Claire Drake Arena. Golden Bears lead the Dinos 2-1. It was 2-0 for Alberta. The Dinos got a power play goal, and now they are going back onto the man advantage. In the NHL, the Blue Jackets have beaten the Flames 3-1. Early third period, Devils and Islanders in a 3-3 tie. Baseball, Astros beat the Rangers 5-4. They lead that series three games to two. And the Diamondbacks lead the Phillies 2-1 in the fourth. And the Golden Bears football team in Manitoba up 19-14 on the Bisons at the start of the third quarter. If the Bears win, they clinch a home game in the Canada West playoffs. Elks tomorrow at Winnipeg. 3.30 countdown to kick off with Brendan Escott. The game's on Kissing Country 103.9. The kickoff will be at 5. Morley Scott will have the play-by-play, and my buddy Dave Campbell will have the color analysis. Dave, how are you doing? Great. How are you? Well, I'm happy because I'm at Clear Drake Arena, like one of the best places in the world to watch a hockey game. So I'm pretty lucky. There you go. There you go. I love it. You're on the road. I'm on the road. Uh, it's a road trip, baby, on a Friday night. And I'm glad you're at Clear well, Drake tonight. I didn't have to leave the city. I just had to drive a little bit. Uh, Good point. How's, uh, uh, how's Winnipeg to stay? I mean, obviously, but like, is Winnipeg the best? We'll leave Commonwealth out of it because we're biased. Is, is Winnipeg the best stadium in the league? I would say yes. Uh, Mosaic does get a lot of consideration as well. That is a, a monstrosity of a, of, a, of a football stadium. But, you know, IG Field has, uh, I think, a lot of good memories if you're, uh, if you're someone that's associated or a fan of this franchise of, uh, of, of the Edmonton football team. Obviously, the 2015 Grey Cup, they won so many games here, so many important games. Um, not recently, unfortunately, but uh, I would say atmosphere-wise, I mean, they're going to be sold out tomorrow, Reed. I mean, my expectation is that game's going to be for first place in the West for the Bombers, and it's sold out. It's going to be uh, a very nice evening and a real test for the Elks, and I'm really happy that, you know, even though I'm not happy that they're in the situation they are and not going to the playoffs, uh, going to that stadium and that environment against that team is going to be uh, very beneficial for this football team. So if BC beats Calgary tonight, that game starts at 8. Winnipeg can clinch first in the West with a win tomorrow. That's correct. But if BC loses, they've already clinched first. That's correct. So if Calgary, you know, does the Bombers a favor tonight, then that might change the complexion of the Bombers and how they approach that game. But, you know... Again, they had to, or, uh, or earlier we were, we were discussing this, Morley and I, they had to declare their roster already, right? So, I mean, they're going with the group that they're going with. Uh, now that might change things. Like, if, if, if that game doesn't mean anything tomorrow, does Zach Calero start? Does he not start? Does Drew Brown start? Does he go to Krukov play some, some minutes as well? So, uh, but I'm expecting that game is going to be for first place tomorrow for the Bombers. So uh, that I, I can't see Calgary winning tonight. I just can't, even though um, it's funny because if they lose, I think if they lose tonight and the Riders lose tomorrow, Calgary can still clinch next week if I'm correct. So right. uh, I, what a wild, what, what a wild season has been. We always bug, it, bug the East Division for being the, the the weaker division. Well, this year it's the West for sure. 
Oh, I, yeah, I agree, because Hamilton really came on, absolutely. Uh, Dinos just scored on the power play again, so now 2-2, Bears and Calgary were into the final minute of the first period. So, Dave, um, I mean, this is, and I think Monday on Inside Sports we'll probably do a, a full post-mortem on the Elks and maybe see how fans are feeling about some key people and positions within the organization despite the better second half of the year and the Elks will either go four or five or four and four or five and four in the second half after going oh and nine in the first half despite that um I mean best case scenario it's one win better than last year like do you take did you see any Maybe the quarterback's a separate position, but like, was there growth this year? Should we feel like, okay, they've taken a stride? Like, I, I don't know. I, I personally have trouble feeling that way, even though Ford's been encouraging at quarterback. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I, it's been a tale of two seasons, hasn't it? And I think I, I look at the 0-8 team and the team that has been, uh, what was it, 5-4 and four in their last nine games, or 4-5, and five, sorry, in their last nine games, and I do see a difference between the two teams. So the 0-8 squad, um, I don't think could compete with a lot of the teams in the league. Um, now, saying that, what a difference uh, they actually, what a difference would it have made if Kyle Oxley actually got in the end zone on three cracks on, in week one against the Riders and they win that football game at home, right? Uh, would, would there be a difference there? But... Um, Considering that the offense was so bland uh, under Stephen McAdoo, that Taylor Cornelius unfortunately did not have the, the, the type of season and results that people were expecting, uh, the fact that the football team period just didn't look very uh, uh, inspired. And then here comes Trey Ford, uh, along with the new offensive coordinator and Jerry Jackson, who brought a new energy to the group and uh, a team that could finally score some points. I mean, they're averaging still, I believe, around close to 25 points per game on offense in the last nine games. Um, there's a different energy, a different vibe. I think they bring, Drayport uh, brings confidence. The offense brings confidence to the rest of the group. Unfortunately, their defense needs, I think, needs a lot of improvement. Their special teams need some improvement. But I do believe there's a, a, a spark there and a, and a belief there. Now, I'm saying that they also have blown the last nine games. They've blown a 22-point lead against the Bombers, a 15-point lead in the fourth quarter in Calgary on Labor Day, and then last week an 18-point lead against the LOS late in the second quarter. But, you know, I, I, I think just the fact that we saw a difference with Trey Ford in the offense gives me a little bit of hope to cling to for next season. Yeah, well, it's going to be another uh, interesting offseason and a, a franchise that's really been searching for stability going back several years now. Uh, still kind of searching for that, I feel like, even mm-hmm. if some of the, the key people are back for sure. Um, are the Elks going – I noticed they released a bunch of guys this week. What's the thinking towards releasing guys before the final game of the season? So there, there were certain situations where the cap was involved. So Theron Churchill, for example, who is from Stetler, we've had him on the show a couple of times, a great kid, a uh, great cup champion with the Argos last season. Um, his move was cap-related. So there's some 
you know, there's some tweaks with the cap and, you know, setting a roster. And, you know, Chris Jones told me today, we fully expect him back in 24. But for 23, we had to release him just to, you know, be more cap compliant or just to be a little bit under or make sure that we are going to stay under the cap for 23. Um, you know, CJ Sims was kind of someone who was a hit and miss returner. Uh, we know the gap in Regina. We all remember that very, very well. Yeah. That cost the Elks a game. Um, they just didn't feel they were getting enough out of him, so they let him go. Emeke uh, Ekule is uh, a great story. The, the player who was brought in on the practice roster during the expansion uh, portion where you could bring in more guys. Uh, he was in the NFL with the L.A. Chargers, played three seasons, was on the active roster, played pretty well for the Elks in three games, but there was a deal with his agent just only playing here for a month and then let him go. Um, I think just to make sure that uh, maybe he's ready for some NFL opportunities, but if he's available in 24, uh, he's someone that definitely is, is going to be uh, of interest for Chris Jones to bring back. So uh, some of it's cap, some of it is you know, kind of like deals made with agents. Uh, and, uh, you know, I know people looked at the Churchill move and went, well, what, you traded a sixth rounder for him in 24. Why would you let him go? But the, the intention is that they're going to bring him back in 24 when they, you know, when the, when the cap uh, it gets kicked back in or, 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 you know, they're not worried about cap restraints in 24. All right. Well, Dave, uh, have a good final broadcast of the year tomorrow, and we'll obviously still have a ton to talk about with this team, man. Thanks a lot for checking in. Thanks, Reed. Appreciate it. As Dave Campbell in Winnipeg, Elks and Bombers tomorrow on Kissin Country 103.9, 3.30 for the countdown to kickoff game at 5. We'll have the Oilers and the Jets here on Chet, 6.30 face-off show game at 8. I'm live at Claire Drake Arena, first intermission, 2-2 Golden Bears and Dinos, a special guest from your Golden Bears hockey team when we get back to Inside Sports. <laughs> Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. All right, pleasure to be coming to you tonight live from Claire Drake Arena on the U of A campus. It is the first intermission. It's 2-2 Golden Bears against the Dinos, and I'm pleased to be joined by first-year Golden Bears forward Alonzo Tapia Ruiz. Alonzo, how are you doing? Good. Yourself, how are I'm doing very well. Now, you are, are not playing tonight, if people are wondering how we got you here. We didn't pull you out of the dressing room. Yeah. Uh, First-year uh, player, how are you enjoying the Golden Bear experience so far? Uh, I'm loving the team so far. I uh, love the group of guys. Great culture here at the U of A uh, with the program. Having a really good time. Now, how did, who, did Ian recruit you? Who recruited you? How yeah, did you wind it up? It was uh, Ian who reached out to me at the beginning of the season. Brought me out to their main camp uh, in uh, August. And uh, I stuck around uh, through main camp and into the season. All right. Now, you have an interesting story. Uh, So where where were you living most of your life? So I was born in Mexico, Hermosillo, Sonora, and uh, moved to Brooks, Alberta uh, when I was a kid. Grew up there most of my life and uh, played hockey all in, in Alberta. So what brought your family from Mexico to Alberta? Uh, the oil did, actually. Yeah. Uh, my dad came up uh, working in the oil patch, and that's how we got here to Canada. So there were no ties to Canada before your parents came up here? No, uh, it's just us up here. Yeah, my family, all <laughs> just my immediate family is here. Yeah. So how old were you when that move happened? I was six years old, yeah. All right, so you knew what was happening mm. and, and what was going on. Now, did you have any knowledge of hockey before you came here? 
Only the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> That's kind of what I knew. So were you already playing soccer, or what were you doing when you were a little guy? Uh, actually, when I was uh, growing up, I wasn't much of a sports guy. Uh, my parents tried a little bit of everything with me. I wasn't really liking anything until we, we moved to Canada, and a couple friends brought us out to the Brooks Bandits game one time, and I, my parents say I said, uh, that's what I want to do. And they said, well, we know nothing about hockey, but let's give it a shot here. Well, that's really cool. And Brooks Bandits, uh, an incredible program in the AJHL. You probably saw them win. So I think they've had some years where they've only lost one or two home games all year. So. Yeah, no. So. Uh, seeing the, the culture in Brooks with hockey is, is huge, and uh, it's hard not to get drawn in. Now, did you speak English when you came here? No, didn't speak did any English. Did your mom English. and dad? Uh, my dad spoke some English. My mom, a little bit less. And uh, we just kind of made it So you guys, through. you really just took a chance, eh, and just did it. That's amazing. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, was it was it hard fitting in? Like, were people, mm-hmm. like, were the students accepting? Or what was that like? Yeah, uh, Brooks is pretty diverse. Uh, pretty diverse city there. And um, being just grade one, six years old, it was pretty easy to fit in and uh, pick up on the language. Just being exposed to it every day made it made it quite easy. A lot of those OEM listening to you, but we got some people here for canned ham shirts. Thanks, guys. So you got an Eagles hat, eh? They going to win on Sunday? What? Eagles going to win on Sunday? Dolphins are good. Thanks, guys. Yeah. All right, sorry, I got... You can have a shirt, too. When you, when oh, you, perfect. All right, so, so that's cool. So do you remember your first time on skates? Yeah. Did it was, you, would you start questioning yourself? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, first time I skated, it was actually one of my dad's co-workers. He took me out to the outdoor rink right by the house there, and uh, we got some size, sized up some skates at Walmart and uh, picked up a stick that was definitely way too big for me and uh, just went out to the ODR, and uh, it was my dad's co-worker who uh, taught me how to skate. Oh, awesome. So <laughs> when did you start to feel like... Okay, I'm actually pretty good at hockey. <laughs> uh, growing up, uh, I was always pretty pretty decent on the teams that, that I played on, and just the passion and the love that I had for the sport just propelled me to keep going and, and get better. Okay, so as you went through your teams, wh- where did you wind up playing? I mean, you, you have to play high level to wind up at the U of A. Mm-hmm. So what was as you got older, where did you go? Yeah, I had the pleasure to... Uh, play for the Mexican national team in both my uh, U18, U20, and uh, this past uh, April got to play with the men's national team. Really? Yeah. So what level are they at internationally? They're at uh, Division Two. So is that yeah. two steps below Canada or one yeah, step? Yeah, so Canada is, uh, I believe, Division One and A, and there's A and B, and then 2A, 2B. Okay, yeah, so you so, guys are, all right. Yeah, so, and it keeps going down. Okay, so how, how like, I, I know nothing about the Mexican national hockey team. Mm-hmm. How good are you guys? Where do, where do the players come from? <laughs> uh, they come from all over the place, really. Uh, lots of guys from states are starting goalies was from Ca- Calgary, so uh, that was pretty interesting. Got to meet him before I even went down. Uh, our captain plays uh, pro in Italy, so uh, just kind of all, all over the place, yeah. So so you were born in Mexico? Yeah, born. Is, is, that, the, is that the rule, or do you have to have a Mexican parent? Uh, I think as if you have Mexican citizenship. Okay, yeah. and then they then qualify. You, you but, but you qualify. were born there, so I was, there's yep. no, you don't have to No question about it. Or, no. or are you the best player on the team? Uh <laughs> That's a that's a good question. I would say I was uh I was top line. They're yeah. top line. Yeah, I was okay. in, on the top so line. So who did there. you play against? 
We had the opportunity to play against um, New Zealand, Australia, Turkey, Bulgaria. Okay. Um, I bet you Australia has a lot of transplanted Canadians. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah they do. A, a couple guys, I think, played in the do, WHO. Who won the tournament? Did you guys win? It was uh, no uh, UAE, the Arab Emirates. They're just building up a team. They had a bunch of guys from the KHL. And, oh, uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, that's interesting. So, do you guys get any media coverage for the Mexican national hockey team, or is it uh, forgotten? They, uh, yeah, it, it's um, streamed through, I think, I believe the IHF streams okay. it, uh, all, all the games, yeah. So, but do you think the Mexican, the average Mexican sports fan will check how the Mexican hockey team is doing? I mean, the sport's growing down there, right. uh, but it is it is small still, yeah. so... Um, if uh, you don't kind of have a, a connection or, or a little bit of knowledge about hockey, it, it can be uh, hard to well, I keep, didn't know they had a national team. Yeah. And you're playing relatively high up because I think it goes way lower in the division, yeah. right? Yeah, so, it does. Well, that's, that's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. All right, well, good good for you. Well, when's the next time you play internationally? Do you know yet? Uh, yeah, the next uh, tournament is in late uh, March. I believe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you might be needed here, though. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> Hopefully, the Bears are still going. Yeah. All right. Uh, what are you studying here at the U of A? I'm uh, currently in chemical engineering here at the U of A. Okay. So mm-hmm. unlike me, you're trying to get a real job. Good for you. <laughs> uh, that's a, that's important. How how do you how are you balancing the school and the the hockey? It's been a tough transition to be a, a student athlete, right? But uh, I'm. Everyone at the U of A is super accommodating. Like I said, the the program is uh, amazing, and the school takes really good care of us. So it's been uh, it's been smooth. Okay, and it, it's competitive within the team, right? Because you played in the exhibition schedule. Mm-hmm. You're still making waiting to make your Canada West debut. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Gotta bide your time, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, working hard, and uh, hopefully you'll be uh, getting a shot here. Right, right on. Well, you're, you're a great story, and I can tell you got a great attitude. Thanks for sharing your hockey and life journey with us. That's very interesting, man. I know you got to go back and sit with your teammates and watch the second period. It was great having you on the show. Yeah, appreciate you having me here. That is Alonzo Tapia Ruiz from the U of A Golden Bears joining us tonight at the first intermission. Uh, he gets a shirt. Here, take a shirt, Alonzo. Yeah, he'll be like, what is that? But that's okay. Right, we, Angie, we had people come for Can Ham t-shirts, and you're wearing one. This is the best night of my life. Oh, what a great story that was. That was amazing. Yeah. Kellen, did you hear that? Yeah, it's uh, an incredible uh, history and legacy that the U of A program has and just the availability. He's, to, on, the, he's to, on the Mexican, na- I didn't even know Mexico had a national Yeah, to team. get athletes so from all corners of the world say, in their programs. It's unreal, right? So This show is uh, educational and entertaining, hopefully. That one was both. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's what we're going to do. We gotta end the show. <laughs> That's what yeah, we have the to buzzer do. means it's time to go. <laughs> the, the buzzer means the second period is starting, and Inside Sports is done. Really appreciate you tuning in tonight. Uh, again, thanks to Connor Hood and uh, his staff in the communications department here at the U of A for setting us up at this great vantage point to do not just Oilers now earlier, but Inside Sports over the last hour. Bears and Dinos are in a 2-2 tie as the second period begins. Let me just check that uh, U of A football score before we go. I want to make sure I got it up to date. Bears are up 25-17 with a minute left in the third quarter, so hopefully they can close that off 
and uh, clinch a home playoff game for the first time since 2005. So remember, starting at 3.30 tomorrow on Kissin, it's the Elks. Starting at 6.30 tomorrow on Ched, it's Oilers coverage. Both teams playing Winnipeg. Big thanks to Angie Cornell and Kellen Kennedy for their technical work this evening. Dave Campbell's the producer of the show. My name's Reed. Thanks for listening.